Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Alongside former Blues superstar defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Rivers and BK on 101 ESPN. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. We are happy to be joined by the national hockey writer for The Athletic. He is Scott Burnside. You can follow him on Twitter at Overtime Scott B. Scott, we always appreciate the time, my man. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. I'm sort of gearing up for my daily routine, uh, which means perching in front of a television for, I don't know, 12 or 13 hours. It's a little bit off today. There's no 12 Eastern games. So I've got, I feel like I'm on a little bit of vacation as we wait for uh, the first game of the day to uh, start, which of course will be Vancouver, Minnesota in about i guess about two hours from now so i'm 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 gearing up for it so scott you've been watching a ton of hockey over the last week two weeks god knows how long you'll be watching over the next few weeks to come i'm curious because we were just talking about this a bit as well who do you think if you're the blues who is the team that they match up the best against in the western conference that they could match up in the first round and who is the worst possible matchup for the blues in your opinion in the first round yeah i I mean it's fascinating i was going to say i was going to be flip and say Anaheim or San Jose but uh no of the uh of the uh, eight teams in the uh, play-in or qualifying round um and we're still in such a state of flux because none of the western conference teams have been eliminated yet of course only one team in the east uh, the New York Rangers who were swept by Carolina is gone so I mean it changes or has the potential to change on a daily basis I still remain shocked that the Edmonton Oilers are up against the wall now down 2-1 to 12-seed Chicago. Um, so it is a little bit difficult to tell just yet because, you know, we simply don't know who's going to, to, to move through. So, you know, and, and we know that St. Louis, having lost in that uh, buzzer beater to uh, Colorado, um, is likely going to finish, I don't know, where, you know somewhere between second and fourth in terms of the round-robin standing. So it's it, it's a very fluid situation. Listen, I, I think the round-robin has been – it's a bit of a hard thing to handicap because um, the schedule is so spread out. Uh, the intensity, I think, for the most part – I thought that St. Louis-Colorado game had some, some jam to it. But, it, listen, you, you can't manufacture the emotion of playing in an elimination series, and that's what's going on in those other best-of-five series – uh, and if we focus on the Western Conference, you know, we know, like, to me, I see a team like Nashville. Uh, I thought that they were a better team than Arizona, but Arizona's up 2-1 now after some mental mistakes from them. Um, I, I still am waiting to see, you know, the Calgary Flames, I think, are starting to show some identity. They were the best team in the Western Conference a year ago, uh, knocked off in the first round by, by Colorado. I think they seem to have matured. I think they're a dangerous team potentially moving forward coming out of the, the play-in round. 
Um, and the and the Winnipeg Jets, of course, um, you know, decimated by injuries, so it's hard to see whether they can get back in that series. We're going to see Game Three of a Vancouver Minnesota series. Again, on paper, Vancouver much deeper offensively. I think they had should have the edge in goaltending and Jacob Markstrom, but that series is knotted at one apiece. So, you know, if you're St. Louis, my guess is that Craig Berube wants the team to find a nice rhythm over the course of the next two games. My guess is, yes, he would like to win. Uh, I am also guessing that if they happen to go 0-3, um, as, long as, as long as he felt that they were trending or tracking the right way, um, I don't think he's going to be too upset. This is a Blues team that, of course, um, you know, had to, had to go the hard route to, to win its first-ever Stanley Cup championship last playoff year. So I don't think he's fretting too much about matchups moving into uh, the first round of the playoffs, which will begin uh, early next week. Scott, one of the teams that uh, I put on my list for, I guess, less preferred for the St. Louis Blues was the Nashville Predators. And reasons behind that were that they have a, a good core group of guys, a lot of the guys that are still there from their big run a couple of years ago. And, you know, but the one thing that is still mind-boggling to me is they have not gone to Peke Rene yet. And I'm just wondering... You know, look, I know that uh, Saros had a very good season for the Predators, but Rene's resume has been pretty good overall in his career, certainly a Vezina-caliber goalie for many years. Why do you think that the Coach Hines has decided to go with Saros, and how soon will we see Pekka Rene in this series? Yeah, no, it's a, it's it's been a whole the whole Predators team has been fascinating to me for the last two years really because again I to your point it's such a on paper it looks like a lineup that is built for the playoffs it looks like a lineup that should be a threat to go deep in the playoffs on an annual basis and you know they got their lunch handed to them last year in the first round by Dallas and they have they meandered through much of this season and my my assumption is that UC Saros, because he basically saved the Predators' season, uh, coming on as the starter when Pecorine was more up and down this regular season, Saros was the reason that they were in a position to join this, uh, you know, the 12 teams from the Western Conference. And I thought he earned the start in Game 1 of the series. A couple bad bounces. They lost Game 1. I thought he bounced back very nicely. He was excellent in the first period of Game 2, which the Predators needed to win and did. And then yesterday in a game that where you're waiting for the Predators to take control, you know, Saros was okay, not great, uh, but there's a lot of leadership void for me on that Predators team. You know, Matt Duchesne goes offside uncontested on a goal by Kyle Turris that would have given the Predators a 2-1 lead, um, like just a complete mental breakdown by Matt Duchesne. No need to go offside. He does it and negates a goal. Shortly after that, Arizona, Arizona takes advantage of it and, and pull away with the win. I guess I'm wondering, like you, does Pecorine then come in in a must-win situation in Game 4? Um, it's a bit of a dicey situation. Not only is he hasn't played in the series, but of course, um, you know, when you think about not playing meaningful games for now five months, that's a tough, uh, tall order. But I wouldn't be at all shocked if we do see Pecorine in that must-win situation to see if the Predators can uh, force a fifth game. And frankly, I'm with you. I'd love to see, uh, well, I know you think they're a bad matchup, but I'd love to see St. Louis Nashville. I think it'd be a great first round matchup if it ever got to that point. We're talking with Scott Burnside. He's a national hockey writer for the athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at overtime Scott B. 
Scott, we were talking about the other day which teams potentially have really been able to take off in this sort of a setting. And I brought up the idea of, well, if you've got that one player that can really carry you right now, that relies on athleticism and speed as opposed to the team game like the Blues are, well, that's clearly translating. And then you look over at some of the teams that are doing that and it hasn't necessarily translated the way that we all expected is there a big takeaway that you've had on that so far in this restart of the type of team that has been able to translate well to getting started quickly here? Yeah, you know, and <clears throat> we've spent a lot of time talking about that very issue leading up to the return to play and which teams could take advantage, which teams could hit the ground running. Uh, I think there is a benefit for those teams who will advance from the play-in round uh, to the first round next week uh, in that they, their emotional investment will be much different than than the than the round robin teams. That's just that's just going to be life, and I think it's going to be difficult for some of the round robin teams, um, maybe to get up to speed once things start next week in the best of seven. Um, but I look at a team. You know, what's been interesting for me is is some of the teams that you would have expected more discipline from, where you expect better leadership, where you expect their experience to really shine through. Well, I mentioned Nashville Predators. What about both Pittsburgh and Edmonton? Heavy, heavy favorites against 12th seed Chicago in the West and Montreal in the East. And both those teams are down 2-1 now. And, and to me, a lot of it, especially with the Edmonton Oilers, it's a lack of discipline. You spend too much time in the penalty box. It disrupts your flow. You're keeping Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the bench uh, in five-on-five situations when they should dominate um, because you're being careless and because you're not ready to play the games. And I think we've seen that in a surprising um, uh, amount of evidence from teams you wouldn't expect it from. Montreal, on the other hand, played very uh, <clears throat> very smart for the most part in terms of penalties. Um, and they have, they're sort of playing with house money almost. And Chicago, I think it's the same way. Uh, and, of course, we've seen a real renaissance in Chicago with Jonathan Taze you know, I think people were rightly wondering, have we seen the glory days of that team and specifically the captain pass by over the last couple of years? He has been rejuvenated by this cause and has been an absolute force, scored the winner with less than two minutes to go last night uh, to give the Blackhawks a 2-1 series lead. So it'll be fascinating to see if the Blackhawks can close out Edmonton. Can they keep up that kind of performance um, against the team, well, I assume it'll be Colorado who with the with the number one seed, although it could be Vegas, I suppose. But uh, that'll be fascinating to see if they can carry that into the first round. He's Scott Burnside. You can read his work over on The Athletic, where he's a national hockey writer. You can follow him on Twitter, at Overtime Scott B. Scott, we always appreciate the time, my man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Anytime, guys. You got it. That is Scott Burnside joining us here on 101 ESPN.